0: And I actually think that this is one of the most overrated albums in the world. Which is the one with the. And I had this exact album burned onto my Xbox hard drive. Probably one of the most influential rap albums of the last decade. Hello, welcome back to the Man Overboard podcast. We've got a music themed episode today in what is episode 43. So we've kind of come up with created a list of what we class as our most influential albums throughout our lives I suppose you could class it as the best albums throughout our lives as well but I'm kind of going for the ones that have
1: impacted my music taste ones that I've loved for years etc that's it yeah we're not really going for ones that are influential in the world of music it's Mm. ones that are influential to us and what you know? What we've become as people. <laughs> what we've become. Look at us.
0: Um, I'll kick it off with the first one, right? And I remember this album from when I was young. Like this is the first ever album that I remember listening to. It was on like the iTunes on my family True. PC. So, it is Collision Course by Jay-Z and Linkin Park. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a shout. That that I a forgot shout. about that. And when looking into this, I was actually quite surprised Of this album came out in, like, oh, 05, oh, 06, I think it was. Maybe even a little bit later than that. Um, and when I looked on Spotify, "Num slash Encore, which is the biggest song off there, has nearly got a billion streams. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was quite nice that the popularity of that song and that album has transferred over quite well into the streaming world. But...
1: What a legendary album. That's fan- like the, the pairing of those two together is crazy. And I think that was just at the back end of the era or around the time when rap rock was like mm. prominent. And, you know, you had like um, all sorts of bands doing songs with all sorts of like, you know, rap groups were doing songs with metal groups. And it was just also intermixing. And then we got Jay-Z and Linkin Park, which is just a phenomenal pairing in it. That's yeah, a, that's it's elite.
0: Shout. It's what I mean. And. That album for me led to me listening to Linkin Park's other albums. So, is it called Meteora? Meteora. 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 Yeah, Meteora. Yeah. That then became one of my favorite albums. I listened to that all the time. I remember I had a little, this feels like such a throwback to me. and People would be like, oh, well, I had that when I was 25. But I had like a little handheld CD player that you plug some headphones into. I remember listening to Meteora. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Listening to Meteora on that. Sick. And then Jay Z, I've always been a fan of Jay Z, especially like when I was in. Primary school, it must have been. He was like top in the charts with mm-hmm. "Forever Young." "Forever Young" was a banger. Um, what else did he do at that time? Did that one with Alicia Keys? New York, is it New York? Yep. New York. Yeah. So yeah. Jay Z's always been up there, and obviously collabing with Kanye on on Watch the Throne was yeah, of course. Yeah, I was, was only was eleven. When eleven. That,
1: yeah, yeah. I was yeah. only like
0: 11, 12 when that came out. That's top crazy. Top tier yeah, album. Top tier. Yeah. I pay a lot to see them too. Definitely.
1: I think I think Jay Z's one of those artists where. I never really, I don't consciously think about him. I don't really listen to him much, but still respect him. Isn't you know where you go? Oh yeah, no, he's sick. But I never listened to him personally. But when he does come on, I'm like, yeah, like okay.
0: What is your first out of the okay. most
1: influential albums of your life? Okay, so the first album I'm gonna go with is Bleed America, Bleed American. Ah, 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 ah. Start again. Because <laughs> I made I made a point. To write the actual name down, and, and for it, it to be Bleed American, because when I was younger, I always used to call it Bleed America, and like that's just what I've known it as now, so it's Jimmy Eat World, Bleed American, so I don't know if you, do you know this album yeah, at yeah, all? Yeah, it's yeah, the one yeah. with the trophy on the front. Yes, it is, yeah, 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 fantastic album, that, so uh, just top to bottom, like, just fan, song after song, you could play every song on that album, and there's no skips at all. Uh, it was, uh, my brother lent me this album um, when I was probably around, I don't know, like 12, 13 or something. And this was, I remember listening to like songs like Sweetness and stuff like that. And just being like, in the same way as you with a little Walkman that you had to keep perfectly still. Because if you moved it, it would skip and they'd be like, yeah. and you'd end up scratching the disc and all that crap. Um, having those little headphones, those really crappy, thin you know, the ones that went over your head. Plastic, literally just like a plastic <laughs> yeah, sheet. Yeah. I had exactly... That you could just crunch in your hand and just destroy. Yeah, one of those. Um, And I remember listening to this album and it influencing all sorts of different, like, types of music. So obviously it got me into... Uh, pop punk and that style of music but there was heavier songs on there like with the title track bleed American" do itself it's <coughs> yeah that one yeah yeah that one and it's just that straight away is like a kick in the fucking balls here you go you're ready to fucking go and then they've got other songs on there where they bring it back and they like yeah. they slow it down a sweetness bit. Like, sweetness on the album yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh so it's got it's got the middle yeah. uh, sweetness here you me yeah. I never said thank you for that Do you know uh, what,
0: this album for me just to jump in and interrupt you for a second yeah, yeah. it kind of reminds me of my first ever relationship because when I was with that person I saw these headlines Slam Dunk at uh, Millennium Square and true. I proper loved that album as well mm-hmm. like, that was the one that, I mean they've got other good songs and albums but Oh
1: yeah, this is the one where it was like top to bottom it was just bangers all the way through <laughs> and, and Hear You Me is a song that features in one of my favourite movies, which is the butterfly effect. Yep. So it kinda goes hand in hand. They got the little date scene and then that starts playing. The first time I watched that movie, I went, Oh! I was like, this is just fucking I was already like up there, like in hype for the movie itself. I was, I was what like, a great this is movie great. And as well. then that kicked in and I'm like, come on, here we go. So go on then. Let's, Am my second. Let's name another one. Right. This is one that I think, you won't have this one, but you'll have
0: an album by this artist, I would imagine. And mine is the Slim Shady LP by Eminem. So it's Eminem's first album. And for me, I remember finding this on CD when I was a a young kid. Probably shouldn't have been listening to it, right? But I found this Eminem album. I put it on my little karaoke jukebox machine (laughs) CD, two little crappy speakers. I was listening to it like, what is this? What is going on here? But then... I think that was the one that got me into Eminem, and then I managed to find—is it Curtain Call and the—is it what is it Mockingbird, the one with the blue al- blue album, blue curtains? Yeah, Curtain Call, Encore, Encore. encore yeah. So there was those two around the house as well. So I mm-hmm. discovered this one, and then I sneakily found the other ones. But this was the one that got me into Eminem, mm-hmm. and I just have a very specific memory of being young, having this album, loving it for like a year, and then I got an Xbox Three Sixty. So I was there playing the first Modern Warfare, playing Modern Warfare 2, whatever, whatever. And I had this exact album burned onto my Xbox hard drive. So I just remember listening to it. I only had like three albums on there. So I listened to this so much. And even to this day, when I listen to it, it reminds me of running around Favela,
1: taking some heads off. uh, One of the albums in my list, the reason it's in there. Is Is this a similar thing? No, that one isn't. It's not that album, but one of my albums is in there because I had it on my Xbox and I used to listen to it playing card all the time, like word for word what you've just described. <laughs> there you go. I think it's weird when you're a kid those gaming memories are so, like, it's like, it's, it's so core. new to you. Yeah, it's proper core memory but then, like, the f- it's only up until you were about 15, 16 and then after that gaming memories just aren't a thing because everything's the same and you've done it all They're but just the first down, time yeah. you played an FPS or the first time you played anything real. I Ooh, think ah. f-
0: it was the first time I went online as well. Yeah. The first time you went online on Xbox 360 with the boys and you were playing a bit of FIFA, a bit of COD, Halo 3 was sick back in the day. The- oh, anyway that was an album then. that just it that reminiscent value
1: is unmatched yeah. there. and i think that's that's one of those albums that is really accessible for younger people which i know it should it arguably shouldn't be accessible for younger people but i feel like it's a lot more juvenile It's a lot lot less hard-hitting. There's a lot more jokey tracks. And tracks that sound jokey, but the message is really dark. So as a kid, you listen to it and you go, ha, like listening to Kim or something like that. And he's killing his fucking wife and getting his daughter to help him bury it. But there's so many goated tracks on there, and it propelled
0: Eminem as a solo artist to become massive. Yeah. But what's your next album? Right. most influential albums list?
1: Okay, so my next album is going to be Nightmare by Avenged Sevenfold. Now I know you not really listen to. Avenged. I know them, but yeah. I don't like. I couldn't name you a song off this album. Right? Yeah. Uh, Nightmare. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so, like anyone in their like mid to late twenties that is in the alt scene, or is it all was alt, or at any point listen to alt music, will I guarantee they'll know this album. Or at least the title track "Nightmare," like it's just is it, it that's a proper seminal. classic? It's one. proper classic. Like uh, it's got like "Welcome to the Family" on there, "Buried Alive," "So Far Away." There's there's a few other tracks on there that are quite big, but "Nightmare" was the one that kind of you know blew up. Kind of like how "Sweetness" was on mm-hmm. "Lead American," and that it was that. But top to bottom, there's there's no skips again. Like I I I had it on the other day when we were talking about coming up with these lists, and I was like, oh, I'll play through this, and I just had it on in the background. and I was just like, Oh my god, this it's is kind of good such when you good forget album. that you're listening to a full album because it's
0: that good. You don't have to think, Oh, I'll skip this song. I wonder what's next. If it just flows, mm-hmm. that's yeah. when it's a win. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and that's when you know that they put a lot of effort into mm. the. And people don't really do that anymore, but. That's a different story. That's a di- I'm sure we've addressed that a million <laughs> times over. Um, and, yeah, so I um, made a card montage um, back in the day on World at War to the song Nightmare. So it starts off with... <laughs> and then it goes into the drums and then when the drums did that was when I'd get like three quick scopes and then it'd do the leads ups to it on the next bit and then yeah I just remember that so well and that was one of those where um, it was after you had to burn it was last FM do you remember last FM on Xbox 360 yeah, yeah. yeah so I'd, I'd have Avenged Sevenfold radio on so it would play songs like that as I'm playing and I remember that was my album for like World at War um, which was uh, COD 5 Um, which was the first one I got into properly. Mm. And just that, and then those coincide. And the kind of, the, the theme of the album... It's not so much about war and stuff, but it I really doubt. fits the game yeah. because it's a gritty game and it's like World War Two and it's all like you know it looks horrible and it's all gloomy and it kind of it works like in time. I want to say
0: as well, just on that Cod World at War, I think is criminally
1: underrated. It's criminally underrated. It's one of my
0: favorite <laughs> Cod. I mean? yeah. Not only did it introduce zombies, which was fantastic, but the online was actually really fun. Mm-hmm. It was good, and you could do the campaign co-op as well, couldn't you? Yeah. Like couch yeah. co-op. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah people yeah, yeah. never you could like...
1: do co-op online. Ah, yeah, campaign. Well,
0: people. People always talk about COD 4 and Modern Warfare 2 and like Black Ops 1 and 2 rightly but World at War was actually sick I'd yeah. love at War a really remaster good. of that maybe but and the,
1: the zombies on World at War that some of those maps like Darius oh my god like people, that is still the Natchito one Stone Totem, think. the first map Still the one I'd play now. It's 100%. fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's because per- it is literally just fighting off zombies all around you. But By I know what you know mean. What? I can imagine an album like that
0: a little bit heavier and fit the theme of. And it's of a bit, Paul it's Lowe a bit spooky and a bit edgy. So
1: it's like, oh yeah, death a bit, and a bit spooky.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll jump into one. And this, like, this was the I was trying to switch it up now, not just be like, well, I like this one because it got me into this artist. Do you know what I mean? So. My next album, and this is probably one of my favourite albums of all time, it's consistently remained up there, one I can play all the way through, even to this day, and it is Tourist History by Tudor Cinema Club. Right, okay, this is... So, this was when I was in high school at this point. You see, it's going up the ages as Mm -hmm. as we go through the albums. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I was in high school at this point, and one of my friends, Cameron... I just used to listen to like house music and grime and stuff like that, which I don't mind a bit of still. But I went through that phase. And one of my mates, Cameron, came down to my house and was like, oh, I've got this album. He had it on CD. He was like, check it out. You really like it. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a go. Two-door cinema club, Taurus history it was. And I fucking loved it. And that was – it literally revolutionised my music taste. Like, it completely – I'd never really – I knew bands, but Mm. I'd not listened to too much indie rock – and this was so good that I was like, holy shit, I've got to check out all these other bands, got to listen to all this other music. And I've seen them live a bunch of times, different periods in life. Like i seen them at Leeds Fest when I was 16, seen them at Why Not when I was 18. And I was, that was that fucked up. I can barely remember it. And my tent was flooded when I got back. And I was, you know, in, it was one a of them, bad experience. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that yeah. was, seen them at Live at Leeds the other week, one of the best gigs of my life with one of my best friends and my brother. And I just think that, if it wasn't for that album, I probably wouldn't like half the music I like now and even like some of my favourite bands. Mm -hmm, And it was just by chance that my friends thought I'd like it Mm -hmm. and just give me it and was like, go on, check it out. And when we were like 13, 14, it was like just before like Spotify and stuff. So we didn't really have unlimited access to music other than the stuff on YouTube. But that was a bit annoying with ads and faffing around and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was Probably for him, quite a big thing to just give me one of his only albums yeah, on yeah, CD yeah. and be like, "Here, yeah, listen this to this." Is yours now, yeah. and it changed. It changed my life. Yeah, so man got into indie, and it uh, you'll know what you know and stuff like that. Absolute indie bangers that everyone in the whole of the UK knows. Mm-hmm. They've become one of the biggest. This was their debut album, and it made them one of
1: the biggest indie bands instantly. I was gonna say that, like, they kind of like hit the ground running mm-hmm. when they when they came out the gates. Like, they they didn't really have any period where it, they were. Oh, if you check out this band kind of thing, it was just like, pow, we're here now. There you go. Sorted. Straight into the genre. Sorted. What's next for you? Good shout. Um, My next album, we're going to go with uh, Panic at the Disco, R.I.P. It's uh, Pretty Odd, which is Panic's second album. Okay. Um, So this album was, like, essentially the soundtrack to any train journey that I had when I was a teenager for some reason. I don't know what the correlation was, but I had a little iPod Nano. No, iPod Shuffle at the time, and all then right, I went I to, to a f- Nano. You don't have to flex <laughs> on us with all these different iPods. <laughs> yeah. All the shitty fucking budget ones, yeah. The one with no screen. Yeah, like, yeah, I had me. the exact same one. Um, and... Um, So I'd go to places like Birmingham and and Manchester on the train and, like, Liverpool and places like that, and I'd just have this plane, and I don't know what it was, but I'd always just, I could play it from top to bottom, and it was about 40, 50 minutes long, which is about how long the train journey was, so it kind of, like... Perfect timing. Yeah, exactly. Um, And there's classics on there, like, Nine in the Afternoon. Mm -hmm. That's from that album. The Northern Downpour, That Green Gentleman, Um, and this was the album that made me realise that I could enjoy lighter and, like different music because it's very like folky and kind of um there's a lot of like harpsichord and very light like guitar playing and it's it's a very i don't know how to describe it it's like almost medieval vibes okay. it's it's yeah it's it's different and i think it made me realize that i, I like didn't different just, yeah i didn't just have to listen to heavy <laughs> um i missed the sound that panic at the disco had on this album um because it after this album it kind of they veered off into more not mainstream music, but introducing more of a band and making it less with all these weird instruments and all these strange sounds. Uh, and like the later le- the later releases. They haven't quite scratched the itch of that album. But, like, the next album after this was Vices and Virtues. And that had, like, Ballad of the Mona Lisa on it Mm. and Sarah Smiles. And, like, that album was really good. I even had the T-shirt with the uh, logo that they had at the time on it because I just loved that album. But I think Pretty Odd was more influential on me in terms of, like, my music taste because it was so different and it gave me that realisation that, oh, maybe you don't have to be a little... (laughs) Joe <laughs> I mean you can enjoy some Yeah, of this I stuff. can I can chill but out a bit. The thing is though, Panic still played into the like emo sphere. Yeah. Like around that time. Definitely. Like that was still even though the music, this album, I don't even know how this ended up being in the emo sphere because it's so I, was
0: saying, I bet the, the, it's the weird. fan bases must have been pretty similar across Panic at the Disco and like let's say Avenged Sevenfold. I imagine there was a bit of a crossover. Not
1: Panic, more like Panic at the Disco not Avenged sorry, it would be more like Panic at the Disco and like all time low. Oh well, yeah, but like they're very similar. Like that. Yeah, that that kind of stuff. Avenged yeah. Sevenfold, not so much. I don't imagine.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I seem Avenged to think Sevenfold
1: would be more like your monster drinkers. No, but I panic seem to think disco. people that are
0: into those like heavy heavy bands, a lot of them are also into pop punk.
1: Maybe, but would you class Panic as pop punk at that time? Yeah that's not no not at all like pretty Odd, you need to go and listen to pretty hard after this cuz it's I not it it's was. not at all it's proper like it's all using harpsichords and it's all like well like, they're it's really into, like they are put into that genre then which they is are, maybe why i they think they are yeah, yeah exactly which is why like the point i'm trying to make now is i don't know why that was the case it just was right. and they were they were a bit edgy like with um you know uh, like i write sins and the music video where he's got the hat on and he's got i think it was their vibe as people That put them into the emo Mm. sphere, but their music really, like genuinely listen to it. If you didn't know what they looked like or who they were and you just listened to that album, I don't think you'd put it in that show, it's strange. Fair, fair, I'll check it out. But on the note of pop punk. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I was waiting, I was waiting.
0: I'm going to go into my next album. Here we go.
1: And this is a Blink-182
0: album that is probably the least liked, or maybe not after the new ones, but the next album on the list for me is Neighbourhoods. Come on, come on, that's a shout, oh
1: that's a shout, yes Uh,
0: Very similar to the Two Door album, but under different circumstances So I'd pretty much, I'd grown up around pop punk in the sense of my brother and even my dad to a certain point Like I'd heard of Green Day, I'd heard of Blink, I'd heard of whatever But I'd never actually listened to them I might have seen some of the music videos on Kerrang! when I was younger, as you do But I was like 14 at this point, 15 And my dad and my brother built me a gaming PC, um, which I was buzzing with, you know, my birthday present. I was like, yes, first little PC. And my brother put a few albums on there and one of them was Neighbourhoods and it it must have not come out that far behind, if that makes sense. So it must have only come out...
1: 2011. Yeah, a few
0: years before, but I would never have heard it. Mm -hmm. So... Put press play on this album, and I was like, Holy shit, this is so. This was after the two doors, so I was more open to rock music at this point or mm-hmm. guitar music at least. I was like, Shit, this neighborhood's album is actually sick, and some massive highlights on there. I love After Midnight, that's that's, that's one of fantastic. the that's in my opinion, it's top three Blink 182 songs, and then I also love Ghost on the Dance Floor, I think that's a banger. Catch, yeah. There's so many. The, anyway, I could name probably M-H- every song. 3 yeah, I, I don't that, know. What I don't know the title. Were. No, I can't remember the numbers, but that's a... a that's about a helicopter. But after that, I then got my brother's old iPod or like maybe just got access to the iTunes. So I'd got somehow got all the other Blink albums. I was like, well, this album's sick. I'll get all the other ones. So that forced me to do, do that and then... I listened to them all whilst I was on the way to America for the first ever time. I remember my mum had just got me some like cool Bose headphones and I'd put all these Blink albums on my... I think it was an iPod touch at that point. Mm -hmm. And... Whacked them on, list, obviously, like an 18 hour journey, and I was just listening to like Blink album after, and I'd never heard them before, and I was like, this is sick. And then, like, probably Take Off Your Jacket and Pants, or is that, is take, yeah, that's what it's take called. Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. It's, I knew I was wrong somewhere, um, is probably my favourite of their albums now, but this one, is Definitely the most influential, yeah, and it's led to me. I've seen Blink Live, uh, unfortunately, without Tom DeLong, but we're going to do that soon. Oh, come if on! Do you know what? Like, uh, Blink, come on the podcast, <laughs> yeah. You know uh, if anyone is interested in our dream guests. I think Tom DeLonge or Mark Hoppus would be our top... Or even Travis for me. Any 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 Blink member. Even even, um, Matt Skiba. I'd take take Skiba. To be honest, I'd like to talk to him a lot more about Alkaline Trio because I love them as well. But this is what I mean. It sent me down rabbit holes. I know even who the, the other bands that Blink members have formed. I like Angels and Airwaves. I like Boxcar. I like Plus 44. I like Alkaline Trio. And this made me get into pop punk which has since become probably top three genres for me. I've been to Slam Dunk multiple times, been to loads of pop-punk gigs, dragged my mates to them, seen ankle-breaking mosh pits. And do you know it's? (laughs) But it was this, if it wasn't for this album, and to be
1: fair, if it wasn't for my brother putting this on my PC would never have probably happened. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's these little things yeah. like that, that you just end up with these this music that you just find or you get given and then you're like, "Oh, wow, this is my personality now." You just it just it just it's it's crazy how much you can associate yourself with a genre mm. or like with a type of music and the first time you hear it you go, oh, "I didn't know I'd fucking like this." Jeez. And then and you just
0: absolutely love it. And then it. you're in it. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go on. I go. was just going to say and it's also been fun to watch Like when I first started listening to Blink. All my friends were like, oh, what's that? It sounds a bit whiny, sounds a bit annoying. And now most of them are like, oh, no, I'd go see them. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. good. And I think it's just because I forced them to listen to and it they, for yeah. that many years. And they have got to
1: the point where they just got, I'll just have to accept it now. Because yeah. if I just hate it this whole time, I'm just going to hate being around him. Exactly. So, yeah. My next one, I'll, I'll keep it on the theme. We're going with Blink. I'll oh. keep Blink in there. I'm going with the Mark, Tom and Travis show. Okay. Now, the reason I'm going with this over any of like their studio albums is because it was the album that got me into like live performances mm-hmm. and the idea of you, you know listening to that album like sat there with my headphones on in a car or like i don't know sat at home on my bed or something and i'd be listening to it and you just kind of think about what it would be like to be there to cuz you'd be hearing them live and then they've got the skits included in there as well and it kind of i think i think that's what made me like fully appreciate the band members themselves because i was like these guys are jokes i love the music and now i've realized that i love them as people as well like it just kind of solidified my love for blink because i'd already listened to like a lot of this stuff and Mm. i think it was only when spotify came around that i found this album because i had no physical access to it and then i was like what's this why has this got the same album cover what's going on here why is this like a live version i don't know what's happening um listen to it and i was like Oh, my God, this is great. All the different skits, all of them, like, shouting at the crowd. And I hope they do that when we go see him because that would have been fantastic. But, yeah, I think that in itself also got me into wanting to go to a live gig mm. and to start wanting to go to gigs and end up going to Bone for Soup at some point later. But, yeah, it was it was what kind of formed me into... A gig goer yes, It was similar yeah. for
0: me After I discovered Blink I remember that exact summer Coming back from America And it happened to be That they were headlining Reading and Leeds I remember watching it On my big back TV upstairs You know one of those proper Chunky TVs yeah, yeah, And it, yeah, I yeah. had like An AV free view box in there And it was when Reading and Leeds Was on BBC3 mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I sat and watched The Blink set And I remember thinking to myself I'll be there one day And I've definitely been there <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, Yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> For times. loads of gigs yeah. But never Never Blink headlining A festival though But no. we'll see it We'll see it Oh yeah yeah, it'll happen it'll i could happen. see him doing reading and leeds or even glastonbury next year i think they're big enough after headlight oh, they,
1: they could do glass though easily if they can do coachella they can do glass yeah. easily. all
0: right well i'm on to one i've got one more album pick like proper album pick and then i've just got a few quick honorable mentions okay but my last album pick and you'll have known this band was coming at some point
1: is the 1975 but i wasn't even i don't know why i was this did you know why it? was I not expecting this like why well, i was picking like blink and all that but yeah you
0: definitely should have been but for me the album that I'm gonna pick from the 1975 is probably the one in fact definitely the one that gets the least love from the fans and that's notes on a conditional form which was their 2020 or 2021 album um it came out in the first lockdown um just like a few of the songs i seen them in january that year so it would have been 2019 I seen them in january 2019. And they played a few songs off it. In fact, I think I saw If You're Too Shy, Let Me Know, like live for the first ever time. And that's since become one of my first ever songs. But that was one of the last gigs I went to before the COVID lockdowns came in. And then I was just waiting for this album and it got pushed back because they had to like re record stuff or whatever, or they couldn't record stuff because of the rules. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it came out. And I, I just, you know, when you're on an album hype train, I feel like it was the first, one of the first ever times I was like, Sat eagerly away in this album coming out. Mm-hmm. And then I remember one of those lockdown, and everyone had these, those lockdown sessions where you just stay up till like 4 a.m. drinking and playing Xbox. So me and the boys had been on COD on, I think we are on Derise actually, which is throwing it back a bit. But I'd been sat playing for ages and I knew I needed to do the washing up, but it was like 4 a.m. and I was like, I really can't be bothered. And I went on my phone and someone had sent me the album was out on Spotify, but in America. Mm -hmm. So I VPN my phone to America uh, and then got it. And I remember just stood washing up at like half four in the first lockdown. This 1975 album on, and I was like, oh, this is a banger! This is a banger! This is a banger!" But then like, the the album itself is so different. It goes in so many different directions. There's some more like house tracks. There's some more instrumentals. There's some calm acoustics, and then there's some heavy hitters like "If You're Too Shy." And my personal, this is my number one song on Spotify of all time. It's my most streamed. It's the me. It's called "Me and You Together" song, Belter. And, you ready to say? I'm ready. Whenever I talk about the eight seventy five, I feel like you're like, oh. (laughs) Oh, No,
1: I'm fine with it. I just can't interject because I've got
0: nothing to say. (laughs) True. On the way to, I went to see him at Parklife a few weeks ago. And on the way there, my friend, we said, well, you kind of know what set list a band's gonna have at a festival don't you, you can you can guarantee like 80 90 percent of it but they normally throw throw one or two weird ones in there so on the way there we said if we could pick one strange 1975 song each to be included in the set list what would it be and i obviously said me and you together song because it's not one of the most popular it's quite far is it off.
1: called me and you together song yeah that's annoying <laughs> well,
0: anyway <laughs> um You've fucking thrown me off there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Do you know when you can't remember? Alright, so we're on the train there and I said that and my friend said a song called She's American, which again, a few albums back, not very popular.
1: <laughs> These song titles, bro.
0: Um <laughs> But it happened to be, at the festival, they were the only two random songs that they played. No and way. It, it was the two fuck that we wanted. No. The rest of it was like
1: typical, like all the hits. And them two were the two throw-ins. And
0: I was like, what the fuck? That's No, I, um, like that. I
1: like that. It's it's always nice when, you know, you've got a favourite track of your artist. Because, it, you know, if you really like an artist, your favourite track is less likely to be their top yeah. track. Um, so when you actually get to see that track live, that's always a good for you.
0: Yeah, that album for me, it like I was already a fan of him. I obviously I was seeing him at Leeds Arena before that, and I'd seen him a couple times before that as well. But I felt like I was on the hype train for the release, and then it was in the first lockdown. Which, to be honest, the first for the first lockdown for the first few months, I fucking loved it. I was just playing Xbox. I was with someone cool. I was drinking all the time working out it was a good I actually was so it just takes me back to that time Yeah. And i mean, I just got tickets to see the 1975 at Madison Square
1: Garden true. which is mad oh yeah oh yeah
0: when when, I,
1: when's that? Uh, November November yeah. innit yeah. yeah big thing
0: I have no I have no train or plane or hotel I are going to say you're going to need more than a train <laughs> yeah I really like that um, but I've got it so yeah might easily can pay for my plane <laughs>
1: yeah you just, just DM him just, just, just pay fire. for it yeah yeah just get him on party and ask him <laughs> <laughs> no don't get him on party because you get the party cancelled if he comes on it <laughs> no, it'd be worth it. <laughs> it'd be worth it'd it. be worth it. the last episode, I'd be I'd happy to be I'd be sat there stone-faced. <laughs> <No. laughs> We'd be doing live podcasts on kick. <laughs> yeah, in here, yeah. Get a fucking hundred million dollar deal. Anyway, that's for another time. Um, I the, the most recent album I can think of where, where I got on that hype train for was um, Music To Be Murdered By, mm. by M, um, which dropped during lockdown as well. And I remember staying up till 5 a.m. And as soon as it came out, because it dropped at 5 a.m., English Time, which is midnight Eastern, um, and I just remember listening to Front to Back, and then uh, a year later, was it a year later, I think it was, uh, he dropped um, Music to be Murdered by, uh, the second one, oh, where right, it was yeah. like extra music on it, uh, well, it wasn't even extra music on it, it was basically an entirely new album, but following the same kind of theme. Uh, it's like a two-disc type deal. Yeah, deal. I remember seeing, and it. that again kind of added to the hype. But that was like a year later, so I waited for that. But I know what you mean about getting on a hype train for an album. It's very fun to do. It's the greatest. When, when you get little, the problem. The only problem with M, kind of veering it away from that is that he never does promo. He'll just fucking like kamikaze. out of nowhere no nobody knew that were fucking coming so (laughs) you can't get on the hype train sometimes but with music to be murdered by there was hints and you know the Eminem subreddit is just full of conspiracy theorists and this was in this video and do you think this means this and some people are actually right when it comes out and you think how did they know like they've seen like something in the background of a picture that Dre posted to show that M's in the room, but you can't see him. And you're like, that's bullshit. And then it comes out and you go, oh, my God, they were right. What the fuck? That is a bit scary, yeah. isn't it? That is a, but, I, yeah, I
0: completely agree. That It's actually a magical feeling when you know that your favourite artist is about to drop an album and you
1: sat waiting for it. Music's a great thing. It is, it is. I'm going to i go on to my last, like, full okay. album. And then I've got, like, one honourable mention. Uh, so it's um, this is the album that I don't think you'll know. Or really? Not many people will know. They might. It's the thing is, it's very, it's very heavy. So it's um, people that are into heavy music will know mm-hmm. it, and it's, it's quite a classic in that genre. But it's a very locked away genre, yeah, I, I suppose. Feel, yeah. um, so there are Brazilian Portuguese um band mm-hmm. which in itself already puts a lot of people off them you know what i mean everyone's turning the podcast yeah, off right that's now it, yeah but this again this is an album that my brother gave me when i was younger mm-hmm. and um i just kind of listened to and um i remember like really getting into how heavy it was and there's like tribal influences in the songs where they're like They've got, like, the tribal drums and then loads of, like, throat warbling and, like, really weird, like, like all these, like, these weird vocal techniques and all this <laughs> Do shit, go. like, <laughs> like <that. laughs> all, the, all, all sorts of shit, man. And um, I spoke to my brother about it in later years, like, when, I, when I'd got a bit older, and I was like, oh, have you seen uh, Sepultura? i got a new album out. I think they're doing a tour and all this stuff. And um, he told me that the only reason he gave me that album was because he didn't like it. So he just straight uh-huh. up gave it me, and But I went through all those years from whenever he gave it to me when I was like maybe 10 or 11 to like my mid teenage, so 15, 16, talking to him about it. I went all those years thinking my brother was like a big metalhead kind of guy. Just and, and because of this album that he gave me, I figured that his other albums must be like that. Like, because he liked like Radiohead and like Funeral for a Friend and bands like that. So I thought he was into this heavier stuff, but... You just said Radiohead
0: not. as metal music. Huh?
1: Radiohead. It's rock. Oh yeah, but I but you no, already, but he was into like heavier stuff, so I figured that he'd <laughs> be. No, but you said
0: heavier stuff, and then the first band you said was Radio.
1: No, but that was that was the music that he was into. That I remember right, him being mm-hmm. really into with those two bands mm-hmm. were like big bands for him. So I figured this wouldn't be that far away from that kind of music. Mm-hmm. As a child, you don't understand how different it really is. Um, So, obviously, as I got older, I started to realise, oh, no, that's the kind of music he likes. This is not that music. But when you're a kid, heavy is heavy. And something with guitars and drums is the same. Slipknot's the same as fucking Foo Fighters. You know what I mean? It, It just all sounds really heavy. Um... But yeah, so he inadvertently introduced me to the world of heavy music. So without him not liking heavy music and giving me that album, I would have sure. maybe never gotten into that side yeah. of like, oh, I love death metal, oh, I love black metal, you know that kind of stuff. Um, and it has like it has a fair few classics on it. Like uh, it's got Roots Bloody Roots, which is one of the biggest songs. Uh, it's got Ratamahata. Which is the one with the that shit in it, which is fucking fire, and it's basically it's got it's got like throat noises and like it's like it's scatting.
0: It's kind of like stuff like that, and expect me to. It's kind of like it's
1: kind of like corn freak on the leash, right? Freak on a leash. I know corn, but I don't know mm, Uh, (laughs) that one. That one, you know that one. Yeah, it's just like a beatbox session.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's. It's like that, Mm -hmm. and it's like kind of like Scatman John. Scatman, don't make me do an impression of that. You know that one, don't you? What? I'm a Scatman. I don't know. You
0: don't know Scatman? Nah, what's that? You don't know Scatman John. Why am I being made out to be the weird one?
1: (laughs) As if you don't know Scatman John. That's crazy. That's crazy. You don't know I'm a Scatman. No, nah. No. well, all of the, the only example that you'll know then is corn freaking a leash. But yeah, that kind of like, I didn't realize I was into those kind of techniques being used in songs and like kind of fast talking like Scatman, but also this weird like rhythmical yeah. and making it into like making something, it, making voice into more like percussion than a rhythm instrument, if you know what I mean. And then obviously that in turn weirdly i think it made a path into me like in rap music and like in eminem and the flows that he has because right. it's all it's it's, all se- about it's kind of rhythmic and well. it's it's more like it, yeah. it's like percussive almost you gotta get the, you gotta get the right like in the right places and, and etc. Yeah. yeah, and you gotta get emphasis in the right points, and it's almost like it's carrying the beat in itself. And I think that kind of just worked into it. But I just yeah, that got me You're into right. the weird shit of that. That, <laughs> that is one that I would never have guessed in a million years. Yeah, I reckon yeah. I could have looked
0: through your Spotify for two years and still never have guessed them.
1: Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Like I don't really listen to it anymore. But it was influential. But it as was as well. like if I went back to that album, I could listen to it top to bottom, definitely. But I just don't.
0: Have I feel like I kind of want to listen to it now, just for
1: the yeah. And no, I'll send you that one song because yeah. you just need to listen to that one song. You don't right, understand I what I mean. That'll <laughs> be a fun one. I
0: might just do a little clip and just in the podcast and have it go. Going... Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a few honorable mentions. So these ones that didn't quite make the list, but still I think were very influential on my music taste. And the first one is one that I think was actually probably one of the most influential rap albums of the last decade, and that is The Life of Pablo by Kanye West. So. This was an album where Kanye was at like his height, you know, like he just had banger album after banger album. There was no weird, particularly weird stuff going on like there is now. He was just up there. And I always remember when I was, I think, I must have, I, I'm late teens, this album came out and the listening party looked incredible. There was all the big artists there at the listening party at Madison Square Garden. I remember seeing, I think it was him and Tyler the creator, or you no, know, him and Kid Cudi just dancing around having fun. But. The sounds that were created on this album and the instrumentals are ones that have lasted to this day. Like, you can still see influences of that album in newer rap albums. Uh, And not only that, but some of the features on there, like, I think this was 2016, 2017, this came out. You had had Kenny, you had Kendrick Lamar, uh, you had Rihanna, you had Kid Cudi, you had, I think, Pusha T was on there somewhere. Like, literally, it was just, the whole thing was sick, but it's more... The, the influence that that's since had on where rap music has gone, in my opinion, is pretty much unmatched. Like, I know you could say that for a few Kanye albums, and mm-hmm. I do think he's a trailblazer in that sense, but mm-hmm. that one is the the number one example of that,
1: I think. Like, like um, Heartbeat to 8s that basically created a whole new genre of rap. Heartbreaks. Heartbreaks even, heartbeats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I'm thinking, thinking of, of beats, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Heartbreak. Yeah, yeah you know, no, but again, yes, is it the
0: way that yeah. that was created and the beats and stuff did that, but I think The Life of Pablo, even now, mm-hmm. you can, if you go listen to that album, you're like, oh, it sounds pretty similar to everything now, mm-hmm. and it's because of that. Um, I'll just blast through mine, because I know you've only got one. My next one is... The Peace in the Panic by Neck Deep, uh, an amazing pop-punk album. I've seen Neck Deep a bunch of times, but again, just one of those that really pushed me more into the pop-punk scene. And when I was like 16, 17, 18, listening to that, it was perfect timing. I loved it. Just just a great album, and it's got some of Neck, Deep, Neck Deep's biggest bangers on, although it was a close call between that and the last album, which was all distortions at International. Because that was similar to Too Shy, though. It was like a lockdown vibe, so I didn't pick it. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one, and this is a weird shout, it's Playing in the Shadows by Example.
1: Right, okay, so, okay.
0: I remember having a little little Chromebook thing when I was a kid, and I started listening to Example. I was like, this guy's sick. I must have been 12 Listen to him loads. Got this album on there. Loved it. Banging album. But to be fair, it's got like "Change the Way You Kiss Me" and stuff on. And it just, Ooh, it was, was just it was just a fantastic album. But I liked him that much. I seen he was doing a gig at Millennium Square. Uh, I must. Yeah, I was young. And I got my cousin, who lived in Birmingham, I messaged her on Facebook. I was like, I want to go to this gig at Millennium Square. My dad said, I can't unless someone who's over 16 takes me. Can you please come up to Leeds and take me? I'll. I'll my dad said, he'll get you ticket. And she did. She came all the way from Birmingham to Leeds That's to take is. my 10-year-old self to see example. And it was one <laughs> of the first ever gigs I went to, like... My, I think, it, in fact, I would say that that example gig at Millennium Square was the first gig that I went to off my own accord right. where I was like, I love this artist. I've seen them coming to Leeds. I need to go see him somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just great. There was a guy called Sway was the support act who, he's more of a producer. He produced Lamborghini for KSI and stuff like that. Like, Sway, not,
1: you don't have the answers, man. No,
0: no, no, not him. Uh, and then the other support act was Wretch32, Who is is a fantastic that's that's big. But even at that time he had like don't go and a few with chart hits. So it was just a sick gig. I remember it to this day. And I remember being like ten and saying to my cousin, why is that man sniffing a pot of nail varnish? And she was like, Oh, it must just smell nice. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I know, but that stuck in my mind. (laughs) I've got two more. You're gonna fucking hate this one. So the next one, very lockdown vibe. And I actually think that this is one of the most overhated albums in the world. I'm going to hate what... I can't think of what it is because you've already done a 1975. This is another 1975 one. And it's Tickets to My Downfall by Machine Gun Kelly.
1: Oh, what the fuck?
0: I'd forgotten about him. I'd forgot you liked him. Jesus Christ. Well, You haven't spoken about him in a while. Hear me out, hear me out. Hear me so, out. Tickets to My Downfall, in my opinion, was actually a very good pop punk album. And it kind of stemmed off into bringing people like Kenny Hoopla a little bit more mainstream. And he's got features with people like that and Jaden and, and Travis Barker really having an influence on that scene. And I think that is that tickets to my downfall is a good album there's a few songs on there that I really like bloody valentine's probably a highlight for me I proper love that song but there's a few calmer ones on there play this when I'm gone is is a nice calm tune and I just think people hated on it because it was mgk and because also because pop punk hadn't had a number one album in ages but this was the first one and in the first lockdown i fucking blasted this album so much it's like all i listened to for ages i remember listening to it for ages getting tony hawk's pro skater and there was one that bloody valentine was on there and i was like yes they've got the modern <laughs> shit on here i bet you'd have fucking smashed your xbox yeah, up yeah, at that as point. as soon as that come on but machine gun kelly's last album i didn't mainstream sell out didn't really like it there was it was more misses than hits but this one was actually a Is good The
1: name of his album Huh? Is that the name of his most recent album? I think
0: so. Oh dear. But Tickets to My Downfall <laughs> was actually banging. I'll hear nothing less. And I've got one more. I'll do this one quickly. Um, this is Radioactive by
1: McFly. can <laughs> see so <you> Imagine <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Trek. Like, Jesus I'm like, Christ. MGK. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm yeah. going, I'm off.
0: So this is a McFly album, and it, it's more because of how I got it. I remember loving it, but... I was out with my granddad in like Otley or something, and he bought a newspaper. And the album came in the newspaper. It was in like a little paper sleeve. True. And I, I just loved it. It was such a sick little album. But mm-hmm. it was a fact it cost. It was like five p.
1: I like that. It's like when it comes with like uh, when you used to get demo discs with cereal. And like on your magazines and yeah. stuff, you could get PS Pro. The magazine, yeah, you get an Xbox magazine, yeah, and it'd have yeah, one of yeah. those Xbox, demo Xbox or Weekly or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, honorable mentions for me, I'd probably say tickets to my downfall by Machine Gun Kelly. I don't think so. No, I don't think. Did this could you hear that? Huh? Did you hear that? First I didn't. Album? I, I didn't listen to it really. Oh, so you I listened to some songs didn't on it? Boy then. Yeah, I listened to some. No, I've listened to the songs on it. I didn't really vibe it. It's his voice. I hate his voice. And if I don't like somebody's voice, I can't listen to the songs, you know what I mean? It's game came over then. Um, but I, I would say Honourable Mentions is probably something like Curtain Call um, by Eminem, mm-hmm. which is just a compilation album. And the reason for that is because I actually got into Eminem through YouTube. Did you have an Eminem album on there? No. That's mad. No. I didn't. Do you know why? Because I never, I didn't one. listen to his like long form Eminem albums when i was younger it wasn't there wasn't really anything that was influential on me to get into that point kind of thing uh and the reason why is because i found him through youtube Mm. so i used to listen to his songs through his music videos so i never really you know albums didn't really follow them um but the one that then kind of took off me was curtain call Because when that came out, that was obviously a compilation album, and I didn't realize that it was a compilation album. I thought it was just an album. I was like, "These songs are ace." And then when I started to listen to like Slim Shady LP and like Marshall Mathers and all that, I started going, "Oh, this was from. Oh, it's a right. It's his greatest hits kind of. Because obviously, you'd think it'd be called Greatest Hits, but they're not going to call it that. Um, So, I think that in itself was probably influential on me into getting into M because that gave me like a big list of all of his tops, because that man's got a fucking catalogue. Yes, like, so many can't, You can't fault it, and I think that's in there. And then, I'd throw in, like, um, a Slipknot album. Just I mean. one of their earlier albums. I'd say All Hope Is Gone or something. Because, um, there was a time when I was... Getting into heavier music, and obviously people go, you know, if you're like, oh, if you like heavier music, you'll like this band. They've got masks. Whoa, no way! And then, yeah, just uh, getting into the vibe of them, and all of their first three, like, album, studio albums are fantastic, and I probably couldn't choose between them, but they were always in the mix on either my Shuffle or my um Nano. And, in fact... Another one. I will throw another one in here. I just keep coming back. "Flash for the Color" by Enat Shikari mm-hmm. uh, That was another one that was on my Nano, and I remember just loving that. And that was kind of like younger vibes of just summery vibes, almost kind of those thing. old iPod days. And when just you so just good. On your where you phone. had like you only had like seven albums mm-hmm. or something like that, and so those became your favorite albums in the world. But I forgot about Flash for the Colour then until I started thinking about listening to my iPod and then going, oh, because I had that in there. I was like, oh, and I had that. I mean, I could go into Prodigy. Oh, yeah, no, there's so I many. I, into... I,
0: doing this list was so tough because mm-hmm. I listened to so much music. I could have thrown a Queen album in there from when I was a oh, kid. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, the Platinum Edition. Yeah. I had that one with The Discs. 25th anniversary thing. Yeah, there was yeah. A, the third disc. There was a remix of another one "Back to the Dust by Wyclef Sean uh, And I know that top to bottom lyrics all the way through. And that that song... That song back in like when I was like ten or eleven, that was also influential into me getting into hip hop without go. even knowing it on a Queen album. That like is come mad. on, like
0: what the uh, I nearly threw a Black Eyed Peas album in there because I remember having Ella Funk, I think it was. Ella Funk. On, yeah, on yeah. the one with the blue with yeah. in the corners. Yeah, 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 yeah I loved that. that. So the, yeah. there was loads. Let's you know get it started. Was on that. Yeah, yeah, maybe we could do a part two at some point yeah, because maybe. I've enjoyed this and there's certainly more. You've probably oh, just yeah. heard half of them, but there's certainly more albums. Or maybe we should do it with songs, like individual songs. Ooh, yeah, that'd be quite fun because there be is certain certain ones that I proper love. Take more, think Jesus. Yeah, I know. you'd have to be <laughs> going through the albums <laughs> to get the songs. Yeah.
1: But um, yeah. I well, think- no. To be fair, to be fair, if you went to just single songs streaming services, that's made me. Uh, that was something I wanted to mention was that a lot of the music that I listen to, I wouldn't say I'm a bit. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Oh, our music stars will hate it, but I don't really listen to albums top to bottom, and I haven't done in years. Like. Obviously, like if M. not if a big artist I like, I'll listen to it. But I don't like if I find a new artist, I don't go back and listen to an album top to bottom. Yeah. I listen to the top tracks, and that's usually about it. That's if it. I find a new artist, I listen uh-huh. to like the top ten songs and then go through them. And I will take a look at their albums, and if I really really like them, I'll listen through them. But like rule of thumb, I'm not going delving in the discography i'm just see, listening I to force what's popular. myself
0: to sometimes you know if there's an out al- like an artist that i might oh i might like them sometimes i just put the most recent album on but i do the same as you a lot of the time but then if it's an artist i know i kind of like and they release a new album i'll always listen to the full thing that's it yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah no i'm the same yeah if i like if it comes into like your release radar and, and yeah. you see you see a single one week so you listen to that and then you see the same album cover but a bit different name and you go oh, this must be an album, then you view the album, and you go, oh, it's a whole album, then i listen to it kind of thing. That's usually how I get them, but yeah. Well, I think we smashed that out. I yeah. think we smashed that out. Um,
0: yeah. I enjoyed I, I don't doing think, that. I, I'm, I'm very happy with all the picks as well. I don't yeah. think, I'm going to say I didn't pick any bad ones, but I thought yours were pretty spot on as well. Some of them I don't know, but I listened to that. I wha- mean, I
1: won't say you listened to it. I won't say you picked any bad ones. For you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Over the Machine Gun
1: Kelly. Yeah. And he gets so much hate. He <laughs> no, he, he Yeah, he does get... It's because he's a fucking weirdo, that's the problem. It's not anything to do with his music half the time. People that's don't like That's where it
0: started, though. What do you mean? It, well, he's always been a pretty controversial figure in music, whether it be the beef with Eminem or moving to <gasps> pop punk.
1: No, of course, but, like, that is definitely where it started. But, I mean, him being a weirdo definitely made more people dislike him, in turn <laughs> disliking his music, in turn him getting more hate. Yeah, they're kind of done it too. It's himself. true.
0: Speaking of disliking, every wrestling fan in the world is going to dislike Logan Paul when he wins the Money in the Bank match this weekend. You think, you think they're going oh, to might him to win? Next week- it might be next weekend. Actually, yeah, yeah, next weekend. Well, I could just see it. I could just see him doing it. Do you think? Do you think they'd actually?
1: Do you think it'd go all the way? Yeah. Who Who else is? Do you
0: know what Lighting. I know? I know La Knight's in there, but I'm not entirely sure who the other people are. But obviously, Logan Paul being added to Money in the Bank is such a uh, a good addition because he's a high flying dude. There's all the ladders and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and there's enough people to catch him to jump off really high heights.
1: Yeah. You- I think we're going to end up seeing him doing some... I know we've seen him do crazy stuff. He's done zip lines. He's done, you know, frog splashes into commentator table. He's done all sorts of shit like that. But this might be a match where we see him do the craziest shit he's done. This might be... Because this is less like a WrestleMania match where it's a bit more, you know, like fun. And a bit less serious. Yeah. This will be like a proper serious match for him. So I can see him. He'll be wanting to show off. Exactly. I mean, I suppose I suppose he has had a match at Mania and stuff now. It yeah. It's going to get much bigger yeah. than that. But I, I
0: honestly could see him winning this. So at the minute, you've got Damien Priest against Shinsuke Nakamura, who's fantastic, against Ricochet, who's a great high flyer, against LA Knight. Who, Nakamura's a high flyer as well, isn't he? No. Is he not? No. Who am I thinking He's of? more technical. I don't know. Nakamura, you probably would mix him up for a high flyer, but he does not really do stuff like Maybe. that. Okay. Um, but you've got LA Knight in there, who at the minute, all the WWE fans love LA Knight. He's pro- do you know when someone's proper popping off? Mm-hmm. And I'm quite surprised by it, because when I first seen him come about, I thought, meh, but everyone loves him. So I think he should win it. I, like, personally think he should win it. But then you've got Logan Paul and a fella called Butch, who I don't really know who that is. Um, Butch. Butch. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean... I think WWE love a little market employ, and it would actually make pe If he beat that LA Knight to win the money in the bank, he would be, people would fucking... It's such a good opportunity for them to do that. Do you think they
1: try and get him into being a massive heel? Do you think yeah. they're going to make him into... I mean, they already are going down that route anyway, but do you think they'll heal him as much as fucking Roman Reigns? So do you know what I think they'll do? He'll win because they, they've introduced
0: a new title now. Remember, so there's a new world title. Seth Rollins is a new world champion. Mm. Logan Paul will win the Money in the Bank, and then he'll cash in at, one, at like SummerSlam in a couple months against Seth Rollins and actually win the title. You reckon?
1: Yeah. You reckon?
0: Or, here they'll, or they'll or they'll first. or they'll let him win the money in the bank and then just fuck him off and, and make him look like a bit of a joke. Let him yeah. go cash it in and then lose even though Rawlins was fucked
1: up. Just make to it, make Rawlings, just to give him a bit more power. Yeah to get Yeah, it's to give him like a leg up. As if to say, no, he's not he, I know you wanted him to win, but he's not winning just yet. And then to also give you a bit of longevity in Logan's like come up rather than bang, he's yeah. and then he can have a like a, a whole yeah, retribution. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I need to get the title back, you prick. Oh, blah, 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 blah. But
0: To be fair, Logan in the Money in the Bank match will be banging. It's, Excited for it's that. It's
1: something, something I've in noticed. In London as well. Is it? Yeah, I was going to go, but I'm in Belgium. True. Ah, oh, pain. No, it's it's something that I've noticed recently with, with WWE. I'm, you know, I'm watching less and less WWE and watching more and more AEW. That mm. kind of stuff. Like I'd, I'd, I'm preferring it. And... Um, Things like uh, 1PW and uh, places like that. Just the more amateur places. But they've got wrestlers. They get a lot of... um, What's the... NXT? No. Tiena, Ring of Honor. The one in Japan. (laughs) New Japan Pro Wrestling. NGPW. No, it's not that one. There's there's like DD... DDN, DD something. Anyway, it's the one I where... I've seen like, like six wrestling companies, like, yeah, come not, on. Yeah, it's not It's not any of them. It's the one where it's like proper off the rails wrestling. Oh, where right. they do the craziest shit, where they're like hitting each other with mad shit. And they, they get wrestlers from that. They've got, like a, they've got a very good relationship with Japan, which obviously WWE is kind of, we're our own network yeah. and all this stuff. And AEW, 1PW, all these people seem to share. Oh yeah, no, they are. It is New Japan. Them. It's
0: New Japan and AEW share. Like they go between each other. Maybe it is New Japan then, but yeah. there's another... Company yeah, as well, I can't think of what it's called They're anyway. certainly not limited to just their own no, people they No, no, not at think all. It about.
1: And they can, I think it makes for more Interesting, like Lines and like, do you know Kenny Omega? Mm-hmm. Do you know like that whole? I only recently came into like learning about him and learning about, like like his whole law and stuff like that. The whole way that his story came about purely because WWE are just a bunch of pricks. That's the only reason he's as big as he is. And it's like he if, was going to come out of one Royal Rumble at one point, from what I heard. Like he was true. pretty lined up to do it, and oh, he turned it down. I wouldn't surprise. It, like I don't blame him turning it down because he no. purposely went out of his way to get into the company that I can't remember the name of, he went out of his way to make loads of stunt videos and stuff to get into that wrestling, which then got him into that and then got him into uh, New Japan, and then he's as big as he is now. But I've started to see WWE as the little villain, the little Disney Yeah, style. do you know
0: what? I'm happy
1: that there's some competition there. I'm it is, happy it's really good. is doing well. It is. Yeah, it's really good. And they sold out Wembley? I don't know Millennium? if it sold out. No, wait, what what? Wembley. Was it sold
0: out? No, it's not sold out. out. But But they have sold sold a lot, shitload of seats, more than I thought they would. We talked about this months ago, and I said they'll
1: do less than twenty k, and they've done like sixty or something in it. And all the WWE fans are salty. (laughs) 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 To
0: be fair, I don't think that's the case. I think unless it's like a little troll online, I think most wrestling fans are just happy to be the wrestlers that weren't in WWE got underpaid massively. Now there's two places they can get paid well.
1: You would think that, but like the amount of discourse I've seen online, people getting pissed off at AEW and stuff from WWE fans, and it's like. Just enjoy both, bro. What's wrong? That's like having a go at, you know, saying, "Oh, I don't watch championship." No, it's I'm not like watching the that. PS only Five versus
0: Xbox debate, in it? Yeah, yeah. Because well, reality, you want both to be doing well, so they're both battling <laughs> yeah. for good games and yeah. to create good yeah. stuff. But yeah, yeah. it's like
1: it's like you do know you can watch both. Yeah, just turn them on. <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> yeah. On?
0: Especially when half the AEW roster is old WWE that you were probably a fan
1: of anyway. Just sort yeah. it out, and then you just see the name and you go, "It's it, oh, it's." Scumbag Dave now, <laughs> you know, I mean
0: that's his name now. Yeah, scumbag
1: Dave,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah Excited for that. There's another fight that's going on in the online world at the minute. And oh, it's, yeah. It's a strange one. It's Elon Musk yeah. against... Elon Musk is beefing Mark Zuckerberg online, and they have agreed to have a cage fight. Um, well, Mark Zuckerberg screenshot Elon saying he'd do it and said, send me location. Send
1: me location. What the fuck? It's so, like, it's such a power play. Like, what the fuck? So it started out with somebody joking, saying, oh, you two should have a fight or something. Wasn't it? It mm. was. We should. Oh, and then Elon. Elon replied to it saying, "Yeah, I'd do yeah, that. Yeah, set it up, and I'd come down, kind of thing." And then Zuck post, and it. You don't want to get into a fight with Zuck. I'm sorry, he's a fucking. I know Elon's like people are saying it's like a robot versus a reptile. But like that's it literally what absolutely. it is. It's like Mortal Kombat. That's what's going on here. This is fucking. You got an android man. It's, <laughs> and it's like a robot versus a reptile. Yeah. yeah. So it. Honestly, Elon Musk will die if he gets in there with Mark Zuckerberg. Because Mark Zuckerberg he's is a little wiry bastard, though. You can tell he's... Yeah, he's, but he's been doing jiu-jitsu for like four years, and obviously. His, that thing, that meme recently when he's making his daughters do press-ups and he's wearing the giant weight on his chest so that he's having to run with conditioning and all this stuff. It's like, that man's in shape. I don't care if he looks you know like he's
0: dead. I'd love it if <laughs> it happened. Eddie Hearn did a video where he said, do you know what, people have been asking me about this fight, people have been asking me if I'd promote it. No, 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 I'd absolutely promote it. I'd make this the biggest fight in the internet. Come on, boys, let's do it. Like, and I found that quite funny.
1: I think it, you wouldn't have to do anything to make it the biggest fight ever. No, because it's literally two of the richest people on the planet.
0: Everybody. And definitely two of the most... Powerful and influential. It would be
1: on every fucking platform. It wouldn't be just on one network. Like, it definitely wouldn't be on Amazon. They'd like, the fuck you, Bezos. You're not having any of this. Make it a triple threat. Let's, <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, triple threat. That's what... To be honest, though, Bezos is in shape too. Yeah, he is. So Musk would be fucking getting pummeled. Musk would be the
0: biggest, but he'd run out of uh, steam after like two hits.
1: Because he's the biggest, but he's built like a fucking... Nope. <laughs> it's fucking bizarre It's in it. It's like it, it comes out And then goes back It's weird Because it's not a It's like he's got a belly In his chest It's, it's like really separate, like, It's like a whole fucking I don't know It's bizarre
0: Alright but who would Who would you be Who would be your Who pick? would I be? <laughs> who would be your pick To win that fight then
1: Come on Zuck
0: Big Zuck Yeah Musk is, like, six or seven inches taller, though. I know Zuck knows jiu but that's a lot.
1: Yeah, I know, but he can just fucking get down on the ground, and go around his fucking ankles, Musk's down. No, I'm backing Zuck. The bigger I, they I'm are, the, the devils, harder
0: they fall. Oh, cheers, Dad.
1: <laughs> One, this is something that I just came up with. Yeah, it popped up in a group chat. We're all coming up ones where it's like, oh, what would, his, what was his, uh, what would their ring names be? So what would, like, Elon Musk... Musketeer, The Musketeer. Or something, the musketeer, that's good. But then somebody was saying for Zuckerberg that his name would be uh, the Terminator or something like that, something to do with robots or whatnot. And I was like, I don't know, I think he's more of a reptile. So he wouldn't be that. But also, I came up with a great fucking name, which is arguably the best pun I've done in years, which is Zuckerpunch. That's quite
0: that's good. That's what he should be. That should yeah. be his ring name, Zucker
1: Punch yeah. so versus... Muskie
0: man. Elon Musketeer Musk against Mark Zuck upon Zuck. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. We've yeah. got it. We've got elongated Elon muskrat. Uh, and then we had one more thing to touch on here. But to be honest, I don't really I feel like it's probably a bit dark to touch on it at this point. I don't know if we should. Now oh, they dead. <laughs> I don't really no, Why'd you start it with that? Well, because it feels a bit rude, isn't it? I don't think I think we should just leave the submarine <laughs> where it is next to Titanic. I'm calling this ah. <laughs> I'm not even saying out bad. That's not no, even bad. No, I'm saying not. we should just leave.
1: <laughs> the submarine next to the Titanic. I'm not saying out bad.
0: No, no. No, that's not. but that's where it is. It is. And we shouldn't talk about it. We should leave it there. shouldn't talk about Logitech controllers. <laughs> Do you know what, though? That's not even bad. The Logitech controller's fine. How is that fine? Because the army used fucking... used Xbox controllers to control
1: certain drones and and... and Things that fly. Yeah, that's an Xbox controller, not a fucking logic. Yeah, but... Getting a Mad Cat's fucking scuff controller or something <laughs> to control a fucking submersible that's going fucking so deep underwater that... Yeah,
0: but it's in the fucking thing. As long as it
1: doesn't leak, it's not going to break. They got, have you seen inside that fucking submersible, bro? They had a controller and two, two fucking monitors and a little window at the end. Yeah, I didn't really get the whole point of it. You would have barely seen out anywhere. There was no point. You might as well just watch it from fucking surface. It's dumb. Anyway, if you look at James Cameron, when he fucked off down to Titanic, inside is, he had all the fucking... Con- it was surrounded by controls and levers, and, you know, like, it looked like a cockpit of a plane, like, with just buttons everywhere. And then compared to theirs, it looks like the fucking... I it looks like somebody's tent at a festival. Like, it just looked like somebody brought, like, a power bank with them or something. They my favourite part of about this,
0: by far, was when he went... So, well, most submarines have loads of old white men controlling and people who have been doing it for years in the army, but we didn't want that. We wanted young people. Oh, yeah, you don't want the people who have been doing it for years. You want the young random
1: people to be doing it Un- that have probably just come out of uni and never done it before.
0: Unreal. And then yeah. to say,
1: like, in interviews to say where he was getting interviewed and he's like, yeah, hey, we control it with a Logitech controller. He's like, what the fuck? He says, oh, yeah, and this light, we've, we've tried to save on money. This light from what would be the equivalent of go outdoors. And you just like... Is this man over, like, had like a camp light in there and stuff like that? And you just think, What the fuck? Do to be know?
0: honest, I hope for their sake it just imploded. Like it just exploded.
1: Is that the better way to go? Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise you just suffocating, be suffocating to into death. To
0: death. And they, they said that I watched a video on this. If the implosion happened, it would be that quick you wouldn't you wouldn't even have time to react.
1: No, of course you wouldn't.
0: You'd just, like, it just you crush. would just explode. It'd just go Yep. That'd be, it'd literally be instant. So yep. that'd be a nice. Because the pressure to go. changed. You'd literally just... probably go, well that's creaking a bit. This I don't better even than know just if you'd hear the squeaking. I don't know if it because it would just get to a point where you'd to. No, you've but surely that you would hear something. Like you would surely the thing would start Yeah. Oh oh! You're like stomping on a Pringles stand. <laughs> what? You kinda would. You, know, you I'm like trying tongue.
1: to get the end at toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> what what I don't know. I don't know. Is the same word. fucking analogy that you're No, it's not. I'm what?
0: saying like imagine if you got a Pringles stand and stomped on it and all I went poof.
1: My like like Pringles didn't though It was so precise maybe I thought you meant a Like a Pringle Just getting crushed No 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 But um, on that <laughs> n- On that note Yeah uh, Rest in peace To all the
0: sub But for real Like it is sad I, I feel it, like is sad. It, it, it is sad It is sad I feel for their family And all that But at least he got to see Blink 182
1: <laughs> I was about to Fucking say that What's that about And then he's fucking Quote tweeting OF girls OF models on Twitter Straight. Trying to shoot his shot Whilst his fucking st- And I get this His stepdad So maybe he's not that Involved. With he will him. be when he gets that but, bank. Oh, money I in. know, man! All the fucking wives would be like, you might be able Christ. to meet the Blink members." Got VIP next year. Well, that's the point. That's what he's trying to do, and everyone's pissed off with it because he's clearly trying to.
0: No, all he said on Twitter was, "I'm off to see Blink. They'd want me to still go." That's what I saw.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He posted that's it not on that bad. Facebook. Saying my family would still want me to go. Yeah. I know. It was that bit that pissed people off, though. Saying my family would want me to go kind of thing because they bring yeah. me so much happiness. <laughs> and people were like, come on, bro. Be a little bit more like... I don't think that's that. That's not that bad. I don't think you needed to post anything. No, you could have just shown. That's the shot. thing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. You didn't need to tell people, well, if me, we Dad's at the bottom of the ocean. I'm off to see Blink. It's yeah. a bit... Oh, Anyway, anyway, anyway... Thanks for listening Thank you very much If you made it this
0: far Follow us on Spotify Follow us on Apple Go find <laughs> where you can leave A little five star rating And leave us a five star rating Because apparently It helps the algorithms And stuff It does And we've got if, s-
1: if you're on YouTube Subscribe Subscribe And there's a little There's a little watery surprise soon. you can <laughs> you can't do that When it's going to fade in In a second Alright Thanks everyone <laughs> See you later Peace